Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is an Australian who is a graphic novelist, a composer. He is a multi-instrumentalist. He, he's a beat maker. He does so much, an editor. I mean, he does the whole thing, Morgan Quaid. Morgan is incredibly talented, and we get to talk about a lot of the ins and outs of independent graphic novel publishing. I, I think that's a sentence. <laughs> uh, we also talk about how sometimes people virtue signal for clout. And we talk about uh, how he, he, he he's a beat maker and he makes his beats and sells his music online. And, and, he, and that funds his comic books. And it, it's very, very interesting. I'm telling you, comic books, graphic novels. See, I don't, I don't want to disparage him in any way. He's, he's a fantastic human being, and I had a wonderful time chatting with him. So, Morgan, you can find him out there at morganquaid.com. Make sure you go into the show notes and click around. Make sure you're following Morgan. and Make sure that you're following Morgan to stay up to date with all his releases, his music, and everything he does. Again, he's fantastic, and he is incredibly talented writer So, uh, and, and composer. I mean, the dude can do about anything, So, uh, except for draw. I guess he's not much of an illustrator, um, so... <laughs> whatever but I, i'm not i'm not i'm not disparaging him in any way he's fantastic so morgan is coming up here shortly but first go to rainamystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com go check out her latest release called the moon uh it's a five track ep that features a song that was produced and recorded by moi uh, it, it, it's a reggae tune, but it, go and check it out. There's a link in the show notes so you guys can go and check it out wherever you stream music. And speaking of streaming, go over to Raina Mystique, uh, twitch.tv slash Raina Mystique. She streams on Twitch four days a week, Mondays through Thursdays, 8 a.m. to around 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go give her some love. She's over there chatting and playing music. She just got this brand new guitar, or I'm sorry, a brand new electric ukulele that was custom made by this incredible craftsman down south named Jonathan Mann. I mean, oh my God, it is so freaking nice. It's like the, it's the nicest guitar. It's the nicest stringed instrument in this house. It was, it was very expensive, but it was very much worth it. I mean, the craftsmanship is impeccable. So... Y'all should check out <sighs> Jonathan Mann that with two ends, Mann with two ends. Um, I, I can't remember what it's called, but Google them. Jonathan Mann with two ends and uh, like ukuleles, mandolins and stuff. And you're going to find incredible stuff there. It's just absolutely incredible. I, I just cannot stop. Uh, I just can't. Uh, it's just an incredible instrument and she loves it and she's been playing it. So... 
In any case, go check out Reyna on her stream. Speaking of Twitch, go and check out the live stream of We Speak English Good. Come on over. It's a good time. Twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. Uh, you can find us there on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for the most part. And Sundays. We're, we're streaming a lot this month on Sundays. So uh, Mondays and Fridays and Sundays are 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Wednesdays, we do music news mostly. And that's around 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So come on through. It's a good time. Uh, we have a lot of friends over there that we're building a little little army. And we'd love more of you to come over and hang out. If you guys like the 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 podcast you're gonna love the live stream so come on over ask questions be a part of the conversation win prizes uh, request songs more there's just so much more that you're gonna get out of the live stream if you want to support us monetarily go to our stream element store we now offer hats fully embroidered hats which i freaking love they are just so awesome uh, check them out. Uh, we got hats, beanies, t-shirts, and um, and then we still have our uh, Threadless store, but I don't know. Threadless is kind of whack compared to Stream Elements. And if you're a subscriber on our Twitch channel, you actually get a discount. So more incentives to go and um, be be a sub on Twitch, which I should put add that to my to my Twitch page. Uh, you can also support us by like, subscribe, and review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitch, um, Twitter, TikTok, all those things. Go and do that. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, follow us on Spotify, sub to us on YouTube and Twitch. You can also leave us a review on Apple iTunes and uh, leave us a, a, a review on Spotify, too. If you're listening to this on Spotify, give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it, of course. And uh, you can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com if you uh, have any comments or suggestions for guests on the show. Uh, and that is about it, y'all. We're going to get into this interview with Morgan Quaid. Uh, again, I had a wonderful time speaking with Morgan, uh, the Australian from the, the Upside Down. Um, well, I don't. Okay, uh, any Stranger Stranger Things fans? I don't know if you if you're a Stranger Things fan. Let let us know. Let us know. All right, guys, let's jump over to Morgan Quaid. Everybody, give it up for Morgan Quaid of the Upside Down. The Demogorgon from the Upside Down, Morgan Quaid! There he is, there he is, thank you. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, there he is, the Demogorgon himself. There he is, yeah. Vecna. Yeah. Vecna is here, everyone. Are, are, do you watch? Uh, do you do you watch Stranger Things? You, are you into that show? Uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I watched the first first two. I haven't gone back for the third yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I was. Uh, I'm old enough to remember pretty much 
every everything in that show from the 80s yeah all the references um, like fire starter yeah. and stuff yeah yeah exactly and all and all you know the shoulder pads and the big hair and oh yeah yeah and, Ove and all that sort of stuff that was all yeah that was when i was growing up so yeah man uh i i grew up uh i was born in 83 so i i, I remember some of it and in, into the 90s but uh you know, uh, I, who could forget my my little buddy or whatever the hell that thing was called, that little Chucky doll, and uh, yeah, uh, what uh, what what was Weird. I don't know. Yeah, there was lots of cool things. Etch a sketch, but I think Etch a sketch is pretty old. I don't know. Well, I I mean I remember the first Walkman. You know, the Walkman. The yes, there you go. That was, and you stick it on the side of you, and and you can walk around with it, kids. How good is that? You yeah. can walk around with it. Yeah, absolutely. That thing was awesome. Oh, well, Morgana's commenting on Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morgana's cab. Uh, oh, look at those sunglasses down there. Uh, Morgana's commenting on your guitars back there. They, they, it is a beautiful background. I like what you did with the place. Uh, Thanks, man. Y- you got you got some you got some fenders you got some basses you're you're obviously a multi-instrumentalist and listening to your music i mean you could definitely tell that you're you're uh, familiar with more than just a couple instruments how many instruments do you play i mean i i, I know that's kind of a uh sophomore yeah. question but uh i i am interested if you have ever counted because i haven't <laughs> But no, I, I'd be the same as you. I, anything with a string, I'll give it a go. Uh, yeah. Drums, a little bit of keys. Mm. Um, anything I have to blow, <laughs> I'm out. I don't, I don't want any, anything to do with breath or having to breathe and think and yeah. play at the same time. Nah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to put my lips on anything. So, you know, <laughs> it's just a rule, a music rule that I, I live by. So. You know, oh, but is that a banjolele back there? Is that what that is? It's a it's a banjolele, and it is horrible. It is the worst really? instrument I have ever picked up. It could just be that one, um, <laughs> but it, you know how ukuleles are very loud, mm-hmm. and banjos are very loud. Yeah. It's a it's an open back guitar, uh, um, uh, banjolele, and it is so like, like every time you pluck, you feel the back of your teeth kind of, you know, great. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't use it. It's just the, the sound just cuts through anything. Um, yeah, so it's great fun, but uh-huh. I, I very, I think I used it once and then thought, well, let, let's not do that again. That was a bit silly, but um, yeah, great <laughs> idea. Just didn't work for me. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I feel that a bit. No, my, my wife is a ukulele player. A ukulele player, and uh, she actually just got this rad little guitar. Uh, not guitar. Come on, Mike. Come on. Uh, she got this rad <laughs> little custom-made uh, uke in the mail the other day that that's been uh, being worked on for like it's been uh, what was it? Uh, it's been about a year and a half that she was on a waiting wow. list. Wow. And uh, it, it's fucking wild, man. It, it's it's a very beautiful machine. Maybe we can I'll, I can show you guys. Hold on. I'm I'm like pretty jealous, and that's sort of why I just impulse bought, bought some uh, some some AirPods that I, I definitely didn't need, but you know I need them. You know what I mean? It's like I, yeah. I didn't need them, but yeah. I definitely needed them. Uh, hold on, here it is. But can we do it? Okay, hold on. We can do it, man. We well, can do it. Here we go. Maybe that. Oh, hold on. And here's our guest. There he is. Uh, so here it is. This is it's so this is a, a oh wow. It's a it's a it's hand painted. I mean it's handmade, 
it's fucking phenomenal. Like just such a beautiful fucking instrument. It plays beautifully. Um, the way it was tuned it was uh, originally was like the bottom or the top four strings of a guitar. So it was the D G B E. And then, but my wife, she's used to playing a baritone uke, and she uses a yeah. low G, so it was a G C uh, A E or is it E A? I can't remember how that goes. Whatever. So one of those. She, yeah, one of them. And so she had to go and find different gauges that worked for her tuning. And I mean, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It has a wire. It has a coil tap on it. It has these Demazio hot rails on them. Uh, oh, nice. it's, it's just like, it has a graphite fucking bridge on it. And it, 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 it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, it's just such a beautiful, beautifully crafted. And, and it was made by Jonathan Mann, uh, who is, uh, who is a, um, uh, he, he makes guitars and, and, uh, ukes and mandolins down, in, down South. I think he's in Georgia or Tennessee. One of those, one of those where you kiss your cousin places. And it's, uh, I mean, just absolute beautiful craftsmanship. It's just, I, I would go get it, but I just, if I touch it too much, oh, Jesus. If I touch it too much, my wife will, like, cry or something. So I, I got to, <laughs> she wants me to keep my, my my nasty little dick beaters off of them. It's smexy. It is smexy. I also got the refund for your, oh, good, Morgan. I'm glad you got a refund for your interface. Um but yeah, man, like uh, I really dig what you do. I really dig your, your 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 sound, like your music. You have like a great range of music as well. Um, you know, you got like lo-fi stuff. You got chill stuff. Like this one that we were listening to right before we started was a fizzle pop. And so uh, have you ever did anything with sync at all? Have you ever like, you know, for, for TV placement or commercial placement or anything? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a fair bit for uh, film and TV um, through a couple of libraries that I that I work with. So it's you know it's not the so occasionally I've done uh, ads and a few things like that, or the or the library will come to me and say show wants this, can you put it together, and then I'll do that. But most of the time, like everyone else, I guess it's I'll just put together music that I think will work, send it to them wait for three years and then you know and then 20 bucks will come through in three years time <laughs> and uh i'll have a look and go oh oh it's in uh yeah wife beaters of the south whatever <laughs> you know some show that i've never heard of that's uh yeah. you, you know uh usually a lot of reality tv and that sort of stuff although i, I have had music in a um uh a couple of films there's one by uh jean-claude van damme in oh, the trailer yes. I for one of his. yeah but they don't let you talk to the guy. See, this is the thing. You get your music in a trailer for the movie and, the, you know, I asked and they won't let you just, I just want to talk to JCVD and ask him about the splits and the, the whole thing. Yeah. Apparently having your music on a trailer isn't enough That's to get so you access to the Hollywood stars. So, so or Hollywood good. 80s stars 90s stars he's still a star in my book my my mom loves him yeah. like john claude van damme steven seagal like those 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 human beings who uh who else who else was big uh he was more so who was the guy in death wish do you, do you remember that guy um charles bronson he's she's charles big, bronson yeah he, he he's was, going back probably a bit before my time yeah he is a little bit before he's been both before uh, you know most people's time it's just like he he <laughs> She's like, he was so handsome. Hold on. Listen, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Charles Bronson, Charles. 
I don't think that's what he's known for being handsome. No, it's not. But my mom, but my mom was like, he's so handsome, and I'm just like, I don't know about that. But let's just let's just take a look at Mr. Bronson here, and uh, you guys be the judge. You guys be the judge of it. He's so handsome. So here he is. Here's Chuck himself. I mean, uh, look at that tash. That yeah, is I a mean, nice it's, it's mustache. Beautiful, beautiful mustache. I mean, look, look at this guy. Look at that. Look at that hunk of meat right there. That's just. It, That's when hair was in, man. That that was when you could have hair everywhere, and it was fine. Right. Encouraged, in fact. It's right. even coming out his ears. I think. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yes, yeah, suave. I agree. I agree, Bon Bon. That, that is one piece of man meat that uh, I could wrap my hands around. It's uh, it, but but I, I don't I don't know. You know, like look at this guy. Look at him. Look at him go. He's oh, yeah. I mean, he's you know. Yeah, I'd say he's handsome. Yeah, I mean, he's handsome. I, I guess not in a traditional way. Like back back in the yeah. '70s and '80s, you didn't have to be traditionally handsome. And like he, by the way, he's tw- he's 22 right here. He's 22. Yeah, that's what? Uh, and yeah, it looks like he's 50. Yeah, well, that's how it worked. Everybody back in the day, like, used to smoke cigarettes, drink hard liquor, yeah, and everybody just aged like 30 years ahead of their time. It, like when baseball players were out there just smoking cigarettes and eating cheeseburgers and shit before the big game, they didn't care. They they had things to do. Yeah. They were just gonna. And they aged like shit. It was it was amazing. It was an amazing time to be alive. Uh, yeah. They make us all look like kids no matter what age we are in the, in this age. We're all soft. We're all kids. We're all wimps. You it's know, true. Compared to those dudes. It's true. He needs a better skincare routine. You better calm down, Bon Bon, before you start judging, all right? We still smoke and drink like that, but there's still better skincare for it. Thank you, Corey. Corey, welcome <laughs> in, my friend. Welcome in. Uh, so, so you've done you've done some TV spots. Oh yeah, I was gonna be ridiculous though. This is this is what Jean Claude did for us. I'm your announcer, Jean Claude Van Damme. Now, please put your fists in the air, wave them like you do not care. For your host, Mike Ep. <laughs> Oi, mate! You better stop moving Dutchman. That's like, you heard. You missed it, moving Dutchman. He already said the good day. Or bidet, whatever they say. Bidet. Right. There. <laughs> there bidet, it is. mate. There That's it is. How we do it. <laughs> and also, this is the weird thing. It's not put on. Like if I if I meet a friend I haven't seen in a while, say, so, oh, g'day, mate. Yeah. We we do say it. It's, right. a, it's a real thing. Right, yeah. right, right. And, and and you know we don't hold it against you. We don't hold it against you. Um, <laughs> the, no, we, we I've uh, I've had a few Australian friends on the show here, and uh, it's always it's always a good time. I, I I love Australians. I feel like you guys are my spirit people like you guys are, are are rowdy you guys aren't afraid to like tell someone to fuck off or whatever however you say it. you know like i i just i love that i love that about it i feel like the country is it has a lot of beauty to it but it also has a lot of uh dangerous animals and dangerous land and uh yeah man a lot of dangerous land yeah <laughs> Heaps, heaps of dangerous hands. Well, okay. So everyone says that. And, and when they, you know, when American friends of mine say, oh, isn't it horrible over there and everything? I tell them, well, no, look, it's fine. We all live here. It's, it's not as dangerous as you think. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this. And I kid you not, uh, a day later, I got a, a message through Facebook, someone that lives down the road and a snake coming through their toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't I didn't tell him about that because I mean occasionally you get a snake up the wazoo you know yeah. or you get a you know a, a, a poisonous or venomous spider in your boot or whatever but you know aside from that 
Yeah. And the crocodiles and the drop bears. And, <laughs> but, you know, aside from all of that, it's, 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 it's smooth. It's great. Just don't go walking anywhere on your own at night or day. Yeah. Or, or anywhere. Oh, just never leave it's your fun. house. But even in your house, you can be, you could be eaten whole. They can, they can get into your house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fine. <laughs> but I, I feel like you guys are up against a lot, but, but, but you guys have an attitude. Like it's very, I feel like, like it's a country, a countrywide punk rock attitude. Like, fuck you. Life is short. Let's just fucking party. Let's just have a good time. Don't fucking tread on me, kind of, and uh, yeah, and 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 all that good stuff. I I don't know, I don't know. I I've always loved Australians. I, I like. I've never been there, but I I enjoy them. I enjoy them on the show. They're always a good time. They're always a hoot. Uh, that's why I slept with my hands over my vagina when I was in Australia because I was scared of scared a redback <laughs> or something would crawl in it and lay eggs. Oh my God, Bon Bon. <laughs> That's only happened like three or four times. It's just very rare. But you very, want, very rare. But do you want to be the one you know, out of those four times? That's the thing. That's why she covered her vagina. You keep so your you keep your vagina should, covered. I should clarify. I have never heard of that happening. Uh, you know, red redbacks are more scared of your vagina than than your vagina is of theirs. Um, yeah, so they they don't they don't do that sort of thing. It's mainly boots. It's mainly like mm. you know boots. If you leave them out and they you know build a web in there and everything, and you stick your foot in. But again, I've never heard of that happening. It's yeah. it's very rare. It's very and rare. I will say, in defence of Australia, we have anti venom for pretty much everything. So if you get you know bitten or stung or whatever, you're usually fine. There it is. Sharks are, are a different matter, <laughs> but you yeah. know we're working on an anti. Bite cream. Uh, it hasn't been developed yet, I, or anti-shark spray as well. Oh, I, I think that would. I think that would be a, a big sell, especially here in Florida. Very in Florida. Very rare. Three or four times this week. Very rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, thank you, Moving Dutchman, for dropping the the links for Morgan. Uh, make sure you guys go and follow Morgan. We haven't. We we barely know anything about him other than uh, he's from Australia and he plays music. But Morgan is is much more than that. He he is a graphic novel. Now now. I, I went on the limb here when I wrote graphic novelist on the flyer. It, would you consider yourself a graphic novelist? Is that a correct description of what you do or one of the myriad things that you do? It's one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. It's um, it, it's it's a good one to use. You did really well. It's a good one to use because graphic novels are all in at the moment. So, uh, yeah, that was because you could say Ba-boom. You could yeah. have said, you know, novelist or... Um, comic book drawer. Writer. Yeah. <laughs> and and when you say, oh, I'm a comic uh, comic book writer, there there's a large portion of the population that would just roll their eyes and go, oh, here we go. You know, <laughs> Batman and Superman and all that junk. And, right. And then I have to spend half an hour explaining, no, no, man, that's not what I do. I do stuff that's way cooler than that, man. It's not just like 80s style. <laughs> you know, superheroes. Um, so yeah, graphic novelist sort of puts me in that slightly more cool uh, area. Great, um, great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so what now? Are you are you just the writer, or do you tend to take on the 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 art? How far along? How how much do you go into it? What how how much is are you in control of that? And uh, I mean, please, uh, do yeah. you draw as well besides writing? I, I do not. I, I go as deep as I can without drawing because I'm not gifted at drawing at all. Oh. And there's there's kind of different layers. So there's there's I can draw, 
there's I can draw portraits and stuff, and then there's I can draw sequential art that looks amazing, and that's a huge leap between those two. So you've really got to go with an artist that knows what they're doing. So I write the script, have the idea, write the scripts. Um, most of my scripts come from existing novels that I've written, um, and then I work with artists all around the world, and they produce the art, and then I, I kind of manage the process. And then I do what's called the the lettering, which is uh, so. For example, um, bah, 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 sorry, I'm just making music. So, for example, that one there. So the lettering is all of the um, the letters that you can see. So <laughs> yeah. I do all the speech bubbles and all that sort of stuff, but the artist does the rest of it, and I put it together in the book. I get a cover artist to do it. I usually do the you know the title and all that other sort of stuff. So I do as much as I can. Um, because it's expensive. It's very, very expensive to do this stuff. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, usually I'll get an artist. Uh, and to give you an idea, if you're if you're starting from scratch and you're building uh, a, a comic or a graphic novel and you want to do it the right way and get the best possible people and all that sort of stuff, you would pay for a penciler, an inker that then inks the pencils, a colorist that would then color the result, potentially a flattener, uh, and then a letterer. You may have an editor in there as well. So that's like, man, I didn't even count my first thumb. Let's go that way. Six. So that's six people before you've had anything to do with it other than writing the script Wow. that you could be paying. And if, you, if you're doing it with a very well-known artist, you're talking, you know, $1,000 a page or $500 a page or whatever it might be. Um, so it's a huge, huge, huge investment. Um, so the, that's why I work with indie creators and and. Um, uh, artists and stuff because they're, they're a lot cheaper but the quality doesn't drop too much if you get it right yeah. um yeah so it's a it's, it's very different to writing because writing is you're very solitary you just have the idea you do it you flesh it out and then you edit and edit and edit and then you get someone else to edit and then you get proof edit and the line edit and blah 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 all this sort of stuff oh. and then you put put it out or you try and find a publisher or whatnot with with comics there's a lot more back and forward um I'll give you an example. So there's a guy I work with uh, in uh, uh, Argentina. Argentina, yeah. Uh, and there's a little bit of a language barrier. So he, he, you know, he's pretty good with English, but occasionally things will get a little bit wrong. So he sent an image to me and I said, oh, man, the guy, the guy shouldn't be wearing, oh, sh- sorry, should be wearing glasses. You, you know, he's not wearing glasses. So he comes back, sends me the image again, and I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, the guy's not got glasses. He still hasn't got it. What, what am I so I looked at it really carefully again and I realized, ah, oh, there's a glass of water on the table. So he was thinking glass of water, not glasses you wear. So that was quite funny. I went back and said, oh, sorry, dude, I meant like these sort of glasses. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's things like that that happen every now and then, but uh, you- which you don't get with US artists that I work with because they um, obviously understand the language a lot better. Yeah. But uh, yeah. If you work with Anyways. people in like Argentina and stuff, is it is it is it uh, save a little money? Is that is that the reasoning, or is it just did you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you save you save a ton of money, uh, and there are some really good artists um, around the world. I mean, like Poland, um, uh, Venezuela, um, uh, Indonesia. For, you know, all, all over the place. I've met different art, and for different styles as well. So the manga stuff, like that comic I was showing you before, that's more of a manga style so i, I use uh, indonesian artists because they they have that sort of style mm. um whereas you know uh one that i'm working on at the moment i'm using an uh, american artist named dave uh and he's really really cool um and it's more of an american style comic anyway so it kind of makes sense or, or a standard style comic mm. but yeah you, you work with a bunch of different people it's really good fun 
yeah, not really expensive. Wow. And, and so what Morgana said, I don't know if this is a question, uh, someone that I used to do graphic novel art, uh, not sure what his price was, but he has credits on some, oh, 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 oh. you used to know, you know, somebody that does it. Okay. Well, there you go. Morgana. Yeah. Just to save it. There you go. Morgana, Morgana is, 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 is saying that she knows somebody and, uh, has credits here. There you go. Thank you, Morgan. Sweet. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, the so I've had some graphic novelists on before. I've had uh, some cats on uh, who I, who I love. They're awesome people. They're digital di- digital lizards of doom. I think is what they call themselves. They're a band and they're a uh, and they are a. Um, a, uh, a, a they have a graphic novel and they write music based around the storylines and there's all kinds yeah. of stuff. Uh, it's really really cool uh, and they worked really hard and they got sort of a publisher for their stuff. I'm not sure where they're at now. Very indie stuff, but um, what all goes in for you as a public to get like a publisher? Do you do you do you mostly fund this yourself or do you have backing? Like how does that work? for you yes so uh i will usually start myself so i'll usually have a a kickstarter campaign to launch something Mm -hmm. uh and kind of test out the feel and what people think of it and all the rest of it uh and recoup some of the money uh so to give you an an idea my last this is the behind the scenes kind of uh reality check on, on the whole situation um, so my last campaign was just shy of $10,000 for the, uh, the group of comics, um, uh, which is great. Great campaign, had a huge amount of fun. To give you an idea, that that doesn't cover half the cost of the artwork that it took to, to produce the books because wow. you take away the printing costs, the postage costs. Um, there's a percentage that Kickstarter takes. There's, you know, a percentage of people that... Uh, pledge but they for some reason or another they can't pay for it so so when you whittle it all down it ends up being you know a lot less money that you actually make off that mm. um but it's it's something and it gets the word out and in publicity so I'll, I'll usually do that first um to try and you know f- get a feel for what people are thinking and then i'll go to uh, a publisher there's really it's kind of two tiers of publisher there's the top few that are very very big very very selective and very hard to get into and then there are your kind of mid-tier that are easier to get into still very selective but they're a little bit more flexible with you know um what they'll select and they'll get a little bit more indie with their their selections um but whichever or or you sort of just self-publish um whichever way you go though usually it's the same with with novels as well the onus is on you as the creator to promote the thing so the there's this there's a bit of a myth that if you're signed up to a um a publisher it's going to be like man when this book comes out it's going to be in every shop it's going to be on the billboards and tvs it's going to be in Times square and it'll be like harry potter again (laughs) except for my awesome book and it's just not the way it is. There's very few that get publicized that way. So as a, as a writer and a creator, you have to do the, the pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times you have to do the editing as well. They won't edit edit the, the, the books for you. So you've got to make sure it's all spell checked and edited and all of that sort of stuff before you put it out there. So basically all 90% of the risk and everything is on the creator or whoever's paying for it. Um, the old days of when a... Um, 
uh, a publisher would pay you beforehand and all that sort of stuff. That doesn't happen a lot. It still does happen for some of the bigger ones, but not not generally. The other thing is the reason why graphic novels are so popular with publishers versus comics is a graphic novel, huge amount of work. So I'm working on one at the moment. It's going to be about 100, 110 pages. So that's 110 pages of artwork at let's say $100, $150 a page. So that's a huge investment of money up front to get that thing ready. It's a big piece of work. But once it's done, I can go to a publisher and say, hey, man, here's the book. It's done. It's finished. It's a complete story, end-to-end, kind of like a Netflix, you know, limited series. It's it's done. Whereas if I go to them with one issue and then I say, yeah, man, I'm going to do 20 issues of this thing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> right. It's going to be so cool. 20 issues of 24 pages or whatever. If they look at it and they go, yeah, so if we sign you for this and then two years down the track you lose your artist, you lose your job, you get divorced, you, I don't know, find a spider climbing up your WhatsApp, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> something happens in life that sort of changes the situation for you, then this whole thing is, is gone and we're left hanging on to it. So mm-hmm. we would prefer it all to be done first, which means, again, more money, more time, all that. So I kind of do a hybrid model. Um, most of my books are through a publisher and then anything new I'll do myself and then shop it around and see if anyone's interested and then go from there. But it's not... It's not like once you're with a publisher, even a big publisher, then it's sweet, man. The checks are coming in. There's not a huge amount of money in the industry unless you're, I don't know, you can get Keanu Reeves to make an appearance on one of your you know, books. <laughs> right. Maybe something like that would help, I right. imagine. Again, I've emailed. They, <laughs> they don't get back to me. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not giving up on that one. Come on, JCVD. Keanu. Come on. JCVD would be great, man. Yeah. He, I, I, I would love to do a comic uh, a version of JCVD. Split kick or whatever. You know. <laughs> every, every, just every every circumstance. Splits. Splits. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's like, honey, will you take out the garbage? Splits. Yeah, I got you. It's like, can you cook some dinner for the kids? Splits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for... for if you were, do you have to license like someone's name for that? Is that like something that you'd have to do? Like, if you were gonna include a someone that's of notoriety, like JCVD, would you have to? Do you have to like get permission for that, or can you just sort of? Oh God, yeah. I mean, okay, so there's there's yeah, all you would get of- you would get the pants suit off you if you didn't do do all that stuff. Um, so honestly, it's a, it's it's not a new thing, um, but it it is it's becoming more popular. Uh-huh. And I've heard I don't know if this is true, but I've heard uh, you know IMDb where you know they list credits and all that sort of stuff. I've heard that comic books are now starting to get listed there as actors appearing in comic books and stuff, which is kind of bananas. I don't know if that's yeah, going to happen. That's Sorry, weird. bananas. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen or not, but. Um, yeah, so it is a weird. So you'd need permission. There'd be contracts. There'd be NDAs. It'd be a whole complicated mess, no. honestly. Um, but it is becoming more popular, and there's there's new um, there's other well-known figures that are coming through in the pipeline. I, I can feel it, um, which is kind of good for us indie creators because it raises the profile of like Kickstarter campaigns and all that sort of stuff. It also though is a bit of a closed system because you're going to get a gazillion people that are going to buy a comic with Keanu Reeves in it because they love Keanu Reeves, not because right. they care about reading or comics or the story or anything like that. They don't care. They just want that. Yeah. They're very unlikely to come over and buy, you know, the, oh, here's the, uh, 
a story called uh, Enmity. Look at that. Fantastic. By some dude you've never heard of with artwork and such in it about uh, a girl named Daisy who is the daughter of Lucifer um, but doesn't know it. Oh, you know, no, they're not going to go that far. They're, they're going to come in and grab what they want and then just disappear. It's like the um, Brendan, uh, oh, don't get his name wrong, Anderson. No, uh, fantasy, biggest fantasy writer around, uh, San, uh, Brendan, someone help me, Brendan Sanderson. Yes, yes, I think I've got it correct. Anyway, so he goes on to Kickstarter. I, I don't know how many millions, but m- many millions of dollars, you know, six books, the whole big thing. Wow. But, he, you know, I doubt very many of those people will stick around on Kickstarter and find a little comic or a novel or something from some yeah. indie creator and go, yeah, man, that's that's cool. They might. I yeah. hope they do. Well, yeah, that's what you're, that's what you're banking on, right? Like, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that fingers, what you... <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> um, we have a question from the, the, the chat here. Uh, how do you define your style and what genre are you most are most of your books? This is a harder question than what you would think. And I've done a lot of thinking about this recently because I'm terrible at knowing what my books are like. So when you're selling books, you have to, uh, or advertising and everything, you have to kind of say, it's like this, but slightly different. It's like that. And the problem with mine is most of my books are like Inception or The Matrix or, Mm. so there's movie references, but there's not as many clear novel references uh, because I tend to write more like film than than novels if I'm honest I still don't know that I'm sure what a novel is or how it works it still confuses me Uh, but I do them Um, (laughs) yeah so I would say uh, urban fantasy horror would probably be the the the, so I have a lot of fantasy stuff some sci-fi stuff in there as well uh, and horror elements but they're not really yeah they kind of blend between those those two and i i love things with dream worlds with worlds colliding with our world uh anything like that uh one of them the, the shadow's daughter one i showed you was um a, a woman that can a bounty hunter that can bend shadow to her will and use it as a physical force and all that sort of stuff so anything like that and anything that gets weird super quick is is awesome i'm very <laughs> impatient i don't i don't have time for a long burn, you know, like traditional fantasy where it's like, you know, right. Isildur walks down the thing for six weeks. Right. And they're building characters. And and, about yeah. His life. yeah. I, I will start you on. So, so for instance, this, this one here, uh, Whiplash, that starts uh, with a knock at the guy's door and then he's abducted and then it just goes on from there. So Dude. immediately you're, you're in the action. He's got no idea what's going on. The reader's got no idea what's going on. And that's how I kind of like it. Like get in straight away and just, you know, don't stick your hicks, hooks in and hicks, <laughs> stick your hooks in and don't let go of the reader until the end. Yeah. And then right at the end, you know, do a little twist or something. So they've got to come back. And it's, that's not so much, I mean, it's a, that's a really good strategy for writing, but mm. it's also, I'm such an impatient reader myself that yeah. it's like how I stay awake while I'm writing and because you get it sort of gets you charged and gets you going to the next part because you're just like oh okay well if that happens then well this can happen too and, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I can see that I I'm, I agree uh, I think Tom Petty said don't bore us get to the chorus right like uh, mm. let's just mm. get right to the meat of the situation and uh, I, I'm I'm with you there too man I'm super ADHD. Takes a lot for me to for my attention to be held. 
Um, I'm mostly bored with movies and TV these days. Like I can't even, there's like a very few shows or even movies that I can actually, I will sit and bear a movie that I don't care for just because my wife demands my time for some reason. And and, and so I, I, I'll i sit there and bear and grit, but it, it, for the most part, I'm just like, this is fucking so bored. I'm just bored. And like, I'm just so bored with everything, which sounds just terrible and nihilistic, but it just seems like I just, I like, I don't. I don't care. You know what I mean? I don't care. There's yeah. just very few things that keep my attention. So if you're coming in with an, you know, like that's, you know, okay, you got me at least there, you know, like you at least got me going there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it really does take a lot. To, and I think, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that we're sort of living in a world that uh, is, is, is really hyper-focused on getting, getting to the meat of things. I mean, like with, with, you know, like TikTok and Instagram, it's like these uh, short clips, even though there is an argument there that there a lot of people love these long, uh, are still loving long form. I mean, this is a long form podcast that's still growing, mm. which is interesting to me, but like, uh, it, it's just interesting. You see these long form podcasts that are still, that are massively popular, um, but but then you still have that overconsumption of very short form content like a TikTok video or a YouTube video or you know big butts on in Instagram whatever the situation is it's just like I need that stimulation and I need it right now uh, but yeah but I, I I don't know like I, I I'm with you with that with I can't take the slow burn sometimes I can sometimes I can if if I'm willing to I can but. Uh, I don't know. Is there any is, is there any slow burn fantasies that you really like? This is a this is an interesting thing because when I was younger, I loved them, and I I would maybe like Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, I never really got into Lord of the Rings. Me I either. did a lot of I did um, uh, the Wheel of Time series, Robert mm. Jordan. Um, I did. You know, a lot of the classics, uh, Brooks, Terry Brooks, all of the Druids of Shannara, blah, blah, Stone of Shannara, Toilet of Shannara, you know, the whole anything to do with Shannara, uh, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then when I got a bit older, I was getting into uh, China Mieville and, and some of the weirder ones that are out there, like weird fiction and that sort of stuff. <clears throat> uh, Jack Vance, love Jack Vance. But interestingly, I can't stand his fantasy stuff, which is what he's known for. I love the, the sci-fi stuff that he did. Yeah, so when I was younger, love that. That's fine. Take as long as you want. And, you know, uh, of course, um, George R.R. R. Martin, before the series came out, I was reading reading his books. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, um, love that then now I just don't have the patience. I, I, I think it's because you've lived a bit longer. You've read a lot. You've seen a lot of these mm. ideas. I, I can't, I can't wait for another young boy to f- discover that he's a magician <laughs> and then become a, you know, I can't wait for that. Now, if, if you want that story, that's fine, but mm. I want to come into the story when he's about to have his arm t- torn off by something. That's, that's <laughs> when I want to come in. So he's already gone through that beginning journey and he's found out who he is and then he's triumphed. Yeah. And now he's at the point where <clears throat> that whole triumph has just dissolved and he's in all sorts of ter- terror. Yeah. That's where I want to come in. Yeah. No, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. Uh, that's what's so good about this latest, uh, uh, latest, um, the latest season of, uh, of, of Stranger Things is that it's just, it's just blood, gore, violence, you know, the upside down, everything Neat. all straight off the bat the whole time, right? It's the whole time is just 
my son, who's a who he he's a you know he he's a consumer of that kind of quick you gotta get me real quick um, yeah. generation, and he uh, he really loved the latest season of Stranger Things, but and then he tried going and watching the first season. And he got bored really quickly with it. He's like, it's just all stories and stories. I want to see blood. And I'm just like, well, this is like the build up to everything. And, and you know, I, yeah. I get he's also eight. So it's like, whatever. I get I understand that it's not going to stand out to him. But still, it's just uh, it, it, it's just interesting that it took that I'm interested in it still. I mean, like I and, and I, I kind of agreed with him. I was like, I'm kind of over this. Like, I don't even re- want to rewatch this. I've already seen it. And I, I like your take on like, you know, we're getting older and it's like, hey, I, I don't have time for this character development. Let's just get to the fucking arm getting ripped off here. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm over it. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, and, and this is interesting with screenwriting as well, because um, I'm doing a lot more of that these days, which I never used to do. Um, you start with the hand getting ripped off then you can go back a little mm. bit and establish a little bit of background and then right. go back into it, you know, but you've got to start with something that is right. at least like gripping. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. what was that. That's what's so uh, good about. I mean, that I, I know that that's sort of a, um, uh, something that's, that's pretty popular to do, but uh, a, a show that I really, really liked and, and even the, the breaking bad and um, even better call Saul, they do that. Like the Vince Gilligan, They'll catch you with, uh, you know, some, you know, some really ominous, like there's just a, a, a teddy bear eye floating in a pool and there's fire all around. You're just like, what in the fuck happened here? And yeah. then it sort of, it gives you more and it goes back and it, and it comes back and forth. And um, with Better Call Saul, the, the opening of the, the last season, the first scene is um, a big mansion. It has a cardboard. It's obviously Saul's mansion, and people are taking it, repossessing all of his goods. And uh, spoiler, uh, but it's but but then there's a cardboard cutout of Saul like that's in in it's floating in his pool and there's like a golden toilet and like it's very lavish uh lifestyle that that you know is coming to an end because they're repossessing all this stuff and that's the first yeah. thing in this last season so it's like okay i want to know i'm i'm here i'm in all right yeah. let's go let's go uh, let's catch up with this chat a little bit. LGBTQ plus graphic novels seem to be pretty popular now from what you've seen. Bon Bon. Mm. Uh, are you, is that, is that popular in, in your neck of the woods, the LGBTQ plus, uh, graphic novels? Yeah, it is. It's, it's very popular. And there, there are, uh, there was a Kickstarter I was involved with a little while ago with, uh, pins. Um, I'm going to forget her name. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was like little little pins, and I think they were little pets with the rainbow colours on them and all that sort of mm. stuff. Uh, pins, badges—is that what they're called? Pins, the little metal things you yeah. stick on you. Anyway, yeah. yeah, there's there's things like that. There are a lot of comics and graphic novels. It's, I mean, it's the way culture has has sort of shifted right. more recently. So, um, it's it, those things are getting a lot more visibility than you know, and yeah. the same with novels as well. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're applying to a literary agent or whoever was submitting, they'll say that in the text. They'll say, we're particularly looking for marginalised mm-hmm. voices and these sorts of things, which is, 
I'm not a marginalized voice in any. I'm I'm the I'm the opposite of that. I'm the whitest dude from a middle class Australian background. I've got no heritage other than the English oppressor uh, that did all of this damage, you know. And I'm a dude, and I'm heterosexual, you know. I'm like the most cardboardy standard guy around. So I you're part of the problem, Morgan. I, I'm the problem, but, you know, it's that, that old joke, when is someone going to give the middle-aged white man his go? You know, I mean, we've, we've been trotting on for so long. It's, it's really bad. So, yeah, wherever I can, I support those projects yeah. and work with, with, uh, with, you know, teams that are working on that sort of stuff because it, it's very, very important. Um, yeah, for sure. And I also try in when I'm writing graphic novels and, and novels, try to be conscious of who's who are the characters going to be what nationality are they going to be from um you know how can i it's this weird line you have to run particularly as a, as a writer in my predicament is how can i represent those voices but without sort of taking anything away from their culture and all that sort of stuff which it's a tricky one and there's you know you've got to be careful but in my mind there's there's none of my characters that couldn't be played by any nationality if that makes sense like yeah. it's not it's not so that's the benefit of not being a disney or or being a um you know star wars or any of that sort of stuff where there's iconic characters that people know as a certain thing so mm. you can't change it because fans will get upset when you don't have that many fans it's sweet man i can do whatever <laughs> um but yeah it is it is it's definitely on my mind as i'm writing how can i represent you know um you know a diverse group of people and make sure that i'm i'm trying to be a bit more responsible than that and i i think the days are gone where you can just sort of ignore that and go ah i'm just going to write about my middle class white existence and you know all that sort of stuff and you know right. but that that's a, another reason why i don't tend to write real world stuff i love fantasy stuff for other reasons but yeah. also i tend not to write real world stuff and i tend not to plunder too much from other cultures for two reasons one there's the whole you know appropriation side of things but the other thing is it's a, just a lot of work it's a lot of research yeah. it's a lot of work Whereas if I'm just plucking it all out of my head and relying on, you know, cultural things that are around and, you know, all this other sort of stuff, um, it, it's just a heck of a lot easier for me to build a world for that without actually doing the work, which is a interesting thing to admit as a writer, but, you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, That's the way it is. I, I, I think I think um, everybody has their way of doing things, right? Like some writers are like, I gotta go and research this fucking really obscure tribe out of South Africa or whatever, you know, like uh, and, and really get the information so I can, you know, really write uh, write about it in a proper way, even if it is fiction. But it's uh, but does that answer your question, Moving Dutchman? All right, hold on. We'll get, we're gonna ask it anyways. God damn it! Uh, but the the um, but but yeah, like you know, that's just how you are. That's just how you write. That's just what 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 is best for you. What works best for you is to just bring it out all your brain, make it some fantasy world. So you, it's just all something that you can just make up there as you go. And and, and I mean that's fine, right? It's not anything terrible. Uh, what I think is interesting about this LGBTQ thing is that you have all these different like corporations that are sort of like we're 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 happy to be you know they have their rainbow flags or they towed out their BLM flags yet they support like like you know some of these uh, some of these uh, American companies like Nike you know the, the they which a lot of African Americans here support Nike 
but yet they get their cotton from the the part of China where they actually have slaves. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think that yeah. it's come to this point where it's like it's it's gotten so. Uh, I mean, you're just pandering to you know to the culture, and you're not really. They don't really care. They don't really care. Like mm-hmm. like BMW uh, will put the rainbow flag on uh, their their logo, you know, on Twitter and all over their website here, but in the Middle East. Not, not so much. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, Mercedes-Benz, same way. Not in the Middle East. Uber, uh, they'll they'll do it. They'll have their Pride Month. It's Pride Month here in the United States. I don't know if it's Pride Month there in Australia, but it's Pride Month yeah. here. But it's not Pride Month in Sri Lanka, so Uber is not advertising Pride Month. Coca-Cola loves Pride, but uh, in Ghana, <laughs> not so popular. So, you know, it's... I think there comes a point where there are corporations or even artists who just sort of are, are, are riding on these, um, riding on this idea of LGBTQ or BLM or whatever it is, and I find that kind of gross. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, to me, I, I, I appreciate the uh, representation because that is very important. I would say, right? Like people need to see mm. themselves yeah, in yeah. places. Uh, but then there's something gross when people are just sort of doing that because it's popular. And, uh, and do, do they really give a fuck? Do they really care if they're just doing it to sort of make money off of, you know, the situation? And, and to me, that's just some hypocritical garbage. And, and I can't stand it. There's streamers on this platform on Twitch who will sort of, uh, I don't want to say pretend, uh, but they'll definitely go out of their way to do certain you know, signal certain things, but it, they they don't really care. They don't really. It it, mm. it it goes on all levels. I'd say. You know, what I mean, and I'm not trying to name any names or call anybody out, but it, it is. It's a big business. Yes, exactly. Appealing to the masses. Yeah, it's a big business. It's a big business, and they're seeing that. And, and culturally, they see where it's the winds are blowing, and and it's just interesting to me. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's. A, I know Australia is pretty big. Uh, big. You know. They have that big liberal uh, sense of sensibility, and I'm not shitting on liberals or anything, folks. I'm just saying, you know, that liberal sensibility. I mean, uh, is that something that sort of is, is that that occurs in your country as well, or is that a very American thing? Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely occurs. I, I just think it's probably more uh, publicized in in American culture than than in our culture. But yeah, it, we we have the same struggles. We have the same issues. We we tend to be a little bit more blas not blase fair, but a little bit more relaxed about things. So um, we had a vote for gay marriage a little while ago, and you know some of us were thinking, oh, this is this is a bad idea to have a, you know, everyone vote for this because it's just going to so- show how bigoted we are, you know, and all, all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But, you know, it ended, up, it ended up going through and even talking to a few people that I know, uh, you know, semi-religious or ultra-religious or all that sort of stuff, um, but their view on it was kind of like, ah, if they want to do that, that's fine. It doesn't affect me. That's yeah. fine. So it tends to be a little bit more of that like, ah, it's fine, you know, right. what, you know whatever the case may be. But there, there is a... There's a very big difference between social media change and social change. And I think the focus is too often on, um, you know, let's slam someone on social media. Let's, you know, let's, you know, virtually crucify someone for mm. a corporation or something for doing something. The real, where the rubber hits the road for me, though, is what 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 laws are passed 
what uh, how are corporations kept in check to make sure that when people are hired you know the you know diversity is represented all that sort of stuff people have the same opportunity because it's it feels like things are starting to correct a little bit but it feels like for a while now uh in on social media and all that sort of stuff you know lgbtqr and all, all of those areas have been more represented and all the rest of it but have the laws actually changed mm. because as far as I can tell, it's still mostly old white dudes running the place and they still have the same, you know, they still want oil, mm -hmm. they still want coal, they still want money, they want to protect their interests. There. So until that stuff changes, it's kind of a bit artificial. I mean, it's probably necessary to get where we need to go. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I've always said, I mean, not as though this was something I coined, but um, if if a corporation was a per person, it would be a sociopath. <laughs> Yes. Like if that, if you knew someone named Nike and they acted the way Nike or anyone, any big corporation acted, you would just be thinking, dude, you said one thing to me and then you just went over there and, you know, they're, they're hypocritical, they're anything for the bottom line, all that sort of stuff. But then they can do good things and they can treat their employees right and do good stuff for charity. And then they can support, you know, regimes in other countries that, you know, oppress their people and all the rest of it. So I, honestly, this is why, this is probably a big difference between America and, and Australia. I think in Australia, there's a bit of a tall poppy syndrome. We don't like people getting too big ahead. We don't like, so uh, I, I, you'll have to tell me if this is right. So there's this thing where if I, as an Australian, if I hear a story about, oh, so-and-so, he's a multi-billionaire, he's done incredibly well, he's incredibly successful. I look at that as an Australian and I just think, yeah, dude's got to be crooked. I hate him already. I don't like him. It's just ingrained in us to distrust people that have money. Yeah. Whereas I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the States maybe there's a bit more of a well done. You know, you've you've achieved something. Mm -hmm. You've done it's a bit more positive around people that have made money and made something. And it's a bit more maybe like I could do that. I, I should try. I should I don't know if that's right or not. But here it's yeah. like, no, 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 man. The dude's crooked for sure. Well, <laughs> so it doesn't I, matter what he, you know. I think it just depends on what circles you're running in. I mean, for the most part, I mean, that was what the American dream was sold to us as, right? It's like you too right. can be like a J.D. Rockefeller and become like this big multi-billionaire and that's a good thing. In some circles, it is celebrated, you know. In some circles, people are like, yeah, that's what that's the point of this whole American, you know, uh, experiment is like so people can prosper. Uh, they have their own individual freedoms to go out, create an idea, enforce that idea. Nothing's standing in their way to get that idea out into the world and, and, uh, and prosper to the most, you know, to the highest degree. Um, but then, of course, there's there's big suspicion of billionaires. I mean, <laughs> Bill Gates. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if, uh, if if they're suspicious of Bill Gates over there, but over here, Bill Gates. I mean, and, and there's a lot to be suspicious of. I mean, considering this guy was jet setting with uh, the, this this guy named Jeffrey Epstein, who uh, who mysteriously killed himself um and who also had like this this whole pedophile ring going on and uh you know yeah. words come out where his wife that was part of the reason why his wife left him was because of the work he was doing with jeffrey epstein he's very he he's not a doctor right but he's definitely going around pushing vaccines he's also saying he's also defending these companies he's also saying we can't give these patents over to these poorer countries because they just won't do it right so we're gonna let the 
these people die off and uh, go fuck yourself, you know, like to these third world countries. But here in America, we get it. You know, in Australia, you guys get it. You know, in the European Union, they all get these vaccines. Uh, but but if you, we're not sharing patents though, folks. So it's just very interesting uh, where he places his energy, and and that's very visible to us, and and you know to a, to a large uh, s- sector of the of this country, they they look at Bill Gates as like this guy. There's just something fucking weird about this guy, right? Like he's he's just he has man tits, and like he's talking about the health of of our country, and he's just walking around drinking Coca Cola fucking you know buying up all the farmland being weird but then you have people like elon musk who i'm i'm still not sold that he's on the he's on anybody's side but his own i'm still not sold Mm. like like one of our moderators here called him lex luther uh which i which i could see that i could see that um but he's a but you know like this whole idea of him buying twitter uh, and, and trying to bring free speech, which is a very big thing here in America, free speech, um, which I'm a big proponent of free speech. I, I, as a broadcaster, as a musician, as an artist, I think free speech is very important um, and to, to, to the extreme, in fact. But, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, but, but I'm not sure if he's doing it for the people. I'm not sure if he's doing it just for, us, for his own profit, which probably both, maybe. But I'm not sure what his intentions are. It's very weird. It's very shady. But people love Elon Musk, right? They love Elon yeah. Musk, and uh, not everybody. Uh, but but you know Tesla, his his electric cars, which by the way those 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 minerals are problematic minerals, where people you know like uh, people people don't understand that that energy to charge these batteries, those battery components have to come from somewhere. And it's mm. just like anywhere else, you know. It's, they, not, it's not free energy. No. It's not. It it's not. Yeah. And 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 who knows? Is it better to be to, to take on battery power or these uh, or, or stick with the 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 fossil fuels? Which you know, I I I mean, we know that fossil fuels are fucking shit up. Uh, but I, I, what's the comparison? Like, is 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 you know these problematic minerals fucking shit up? Or I mean, where you have like. 12 year olds in these mines that collapse on them that with dealing with these hazardous materials uh in, in africa and south america uh are, is that better is that better that we have ch- child slave labor doing these things um and, and you know we also have to charge these things those charging stations are running off of you know burnt coal being burnt fossil fuels being burnt so i mean i don't know it's being sold to us in a certain uh, in a certain way, but is that right? I have no idea because the ideas of 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 of, of getting truth truth is a very you know gray thing now. It's not it's not black or white. It's it, it it it's all become this like so much information from so many different sources. You know, science is being used as sort of a way to push corporation interest. It's also being a way to save people's life. It's also science is being used to push, you know, uh, these 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 um, uh, pharmaceutical companies interest. So it, it money is very suspicious here, but it's very much yeah. Um, you know, it's very much everyone's in pursuit of it and everyone wants it, which I'm sure the whole world is like that. But here especially, um, it, it's sort of a mixed bag, I think. It, it's just it's there's so much there's there's just so much bullshit out there, so much information that we can't decipher. 
you know, is Bill Gates a fucking uh, is Bill Gates a fucking evil supervillain with with man tits that is trying to you know take control of of the food and and push these vaccines on people and and just try to make his uh, build his power and diddle little kids at the same time? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? But I'm suspicious. It's suspicious. You know. Uh, I think if you yeah, and the 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 problem is profit. Yes. If you if you removed profit profit from the equation and people were doing things for a different reason, they could still be suspicious. But it's very different when, and I I don't know. I guess this in my mind this is what government should be, but it very rarely is. I think it is we're trying to do something as best we can for the good of everyone and mm. for the good of the planet and all of that sort of stuff. So remove profit. We're not making money off this. We're we're trying to be responsible with the funds, but I mean, humans, man, we're pretty bad with that sort of stuff. If there's a, if there's a way we can graft some money off the top, or you know, we will do it. And it's very hard to have power and money and wealth and all that sort of stuff and not use it, even for little things like oh, I'm going to get my kid into a slightly better school. Or I'm going to do this, and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's it's. It's not even that absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's it's just even a little bit of power and money. It you know it's a tricky thing. And um, yeah, I don't know that there's a there's a quick easy answer for it. But I, I'm deeply suspicious of anyone, even Elon Musk, anyone with tons of money doing a thing. A because these guys tend to be weird, like the, the ones that really shoot up and have they're. they're they're odd people. They're they're not like the rest of us. They they. I mean, you could say geniuses. You could just say weirdo, wh- whichever or mm-hmm. both. So they don't think the way we do. They're not as relatable to us as, as as what other people are. So it's hard to get in their head and think why why are you doing this? Particularly when pretty much everything they do is is making money or mm-hmm. shif- shuffling money from one hand to another or whatever. Yeah. No, it's a tricky one, man. No, I mean you have Jeff Bezos drive blasting his fucking a uh, representation of his cock into the into the solar system, right? Like he's like, here I go, you know, like he's fucking the world. He must have known. He he must have seen the design schematics or whatever, and looked at that and thought. Like someone has has drawn that on a blueprint or something <laughs> on a computer, and he's looked at it and thought, can you? Can you make the tip a bit wider and a bit, <laughs> and then I think we've got it. I mean, you couldn't see what it was. It's 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 as plain as day. Yeah, yeah, no, right you, there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think these are just fucking really weird people who are especially, you know, are in a very isolated position in the world as well. You know, there's not a bunch of. I mean, there is now, especially since. Mm. This whole pandemic transferred, you know, the largest transfer of wealth ever in, you know, in history, in the history of money. Uh, Douchebag, welcome in. (laughs) Thank you so much for the follow. I appreciate that, douchebag. Welcome in. Uh, Yeah, Pizza Man, I agree with you. You don't get billions of dollars without doing some dirty shit. And uh, somewhere along the line, somebody is eating shit, you know, whether it's those yep. kids in a mine in South Africa yep. or not in South, in South, uh, South uh, America, or if it's, 
you know, slaves in China or where, where, how, delivery drivers, delivery yeah. driver. Yeah. To delivery drivers yeah. pissing in bottles because they have to meet quotas. So they're just yeah, leaving yeah. pee bombs on the side of the highway. Yeah. It, 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 somebody is getting fucked somehow. And I think that's the nature of capitalism. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it, there, there's a lot to be said about capitalism and what it has done for the world. I mean, we're at, at this point in the mm. world, we have, uh, you know, this is the safest time to be alive. It, we, this is, there's less poor people in the world now than there has been ever. You know, we've, we, capitalism has in part sort of lifted a lot of these, these, uh, these, these, uh, struggling nations into middle class them. Uh, you know, like India is one of the one of a great example of how their middle class is coming up, and it's uh, they're doing better. Uh, I'm not an economist or anything, but I've read books, I've done some reading in some kind of way. Uh, but 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 you know, there's also the the other side of that where someone is taking the D for for those uh, for these things to happen, and so how is it that we sort of you know, figure out how everyone can sort of prosper, uh, and no one has to take the D. Uh, but it just seems like human suffering is 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 going to be uh, at the heart of it uh, if we continue doing it the way we're doing it. And I, I just, I mean, I don't know how to fix that. Maybe fantasy. <laughs> fantasy. And I was just going to say uh, Star Trek. This is the issue I have with, okay, I have several issues with Star Trek. I love Star Trek, love Star Wars, love all that sort of stuff. But I have an issue. One of the issues is they go to a planet, right, and there's a representative from the planet that comes and they they deal with that representative about some crisis or whatever, and then at the end it's all resolved and everything. Name me a country that has one representative, let alone that would, you know, be, I mean, sure, you know, you'd have the, the president of the US or our prime minister or whatever, but when in at, at any stage would there be one sole representative for a whole planet? It's like they forget that planets are made up of continents with countries, all with different ideologies potentially and, you know, warring sort of cultural ideas and everything. But in Star Trek, it's all kind of reduced to, no, no, they all think the same way. It's all <laughs> this one guy's going to speak for the whole right. uh, the whole uh, world. I mean, that's a small thing, but, you know, I think it's important in future uh, episodes of Star Trek that they uh, address that that issue. Because soon we'll anyway. all speak Dutch. You better calm down, Moving Dutchman. Look at this guy <laughs> over here. He's, he's got his own ideas of the planet. Uh, yeah, and that's what's weird about this whole um, everyone has to think the same way kind of mentality that we're going down where it's like, you know, you have to accept everything, um, you know, whether you're liberal or you're 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 more conservative in your thinking. Like there's just been this like a hardened mentality where you have to think this way and only can be this way and, and anything and, and and the the only resolution is yelling at each other online or or beating each other or war or you know on and on yeah. and on um and and that's the thing is like that both sides of both ways of thinking has to understand is that no one is going to agree completely all the way that that the that that 
you know, there, there's always going to be a conservative that don't agree with that liberal idea, or there's going to be a liberal that don't agree with that conservative idea. You know what I mean? But, 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 but it, it's like if we can't sort of figure out what what we can relate to the other side too, if we can't kind of find the common decency or the common ground, um, then whoever has the the power at the moment is going to push this like very rigid ideology. And I don't know if that's the way to do it. I mean, I, I like the idea, you know, this liberal idea that everyone, no one's feelings ever get hurt. Everyone has a fair shot. Everyone's, everything's fair and equal for everyone. And, and that sounds great. But again, not everyone agrees with that. And, and the way that these Twitter mobs come for people, the way that people lose their jobs for speaking their mind out on, on, on Instagram or something, um, I, I, you know, like that's moving towards something that I'm a little uncomfortable with because it doesn't allow room for discussion. It doesn't allow room for actually mm. talking things through. And, um, you know, again, we're never going to live in a world where everyone agrees. And if you think that, or if, if that's, if that's how it's going to go, um, if you, you, you're going to have to use force for everyone to agree with you, right? Like if you really want this ideas to, to where everyone's going to agree, well, then you're going to have to use violence. And, and that's a different thing altogether now. Now we're talking about something else. We're not talking about, you know, uh, a happy place where everyone gets along and everyone's, you know, no one ever gets offended. I mean, people are going to get offended and uh, people are going to mm. die because you can't force people to agree with your ideas because you think that's the best way forward. Uh, but we can have conversations and we can talk about things and we can find the common commonalities between us as human beings. And hopefully that can kind of bring us together and see that we are humans here. Uh, you can have it your way, Burger King. <laughs> 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 Thank you, douchebag. <laughs> There's the answer. <laughs> God damn it, douchebag. That's a that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome in, douchebag. You, yeah, that was a great contribution to this conversation. I, I don't know, but but I mean, I don't know. Like you, you that that whole idea that Star Trek and there's one person that represents the whole world. It does seem like we're kind of that that the peop that that there are groups of people trying to sort of move that way, like the World Economic Forum, which is just such a weird fucking Charles Schwab or whatever his name is. He's fucking like a supervillain, man. Like, I don't know. Are you familiar with the WEF? No, no. I try not to get involved in real world stuff as much as possible. It uh, (laughs) it hurts my brain. I feel that, man. I feel that. No, it's literally like a, a federation of super villains who are out there, you you know, like, and here's the weird thing is, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, uh, Trudeau, uh, a.k.a. Hungry Jacks. You better calm down, Bon Bon. Uh, you know, like all these world leaders <laughs> are a part of this. And it's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's just such a weird idea. And they want this whole sort of one world um, ideology to sort of, you know, prevail. And I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's like the world's biggest corporations are a part of this thing. And I, again, I think that uh, that mistrust of power, I think that that's healthy, right? Like um, in Australia, you mistrust people who are in places of power, especially million billionaires. 
I think that's a healthy mistrust because, again, people uh, people who get power want more power. People who get money want more money. Money equals power, and so on and so forth. And uh, when you have the world's largest corporations, world leaders all sort of conglomerating in this one forum, that, and they're trying to make rules for the entire world here, uh, setting these standards for corporations, setting these standards for different governments. Uh, they're taking the power, uh, what was it, the WHO wanted to make these, uh, um, they wanted to have universal laws that supersede uh, individual countries' laws when it comes to, like, you know, pandemic outbreaks and, and vaccines and such. So it's just like, whoa, 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 hold the fuck on. What, what's happening here now? Like, what's, what, what's going on? It's and there's also weird. There's, there's also uh, one of the things you learn when you work in a bigger corporation or, or, or um, um, you know, corporate kind of world, most things that go wrong are not necessarily an evil plan or someone with an evil intention mm. they're uh, a mix of uh, not having the right information stupidity arrogance all of that sort of stuff so people for the you know they have the best will in the world and let's they're probably all thinking let's all get together and let's fix these problems and let's do it but it just it never ends up the way that you th this is why i think uh, i think um professor brian cox said it i heard it in a in a podcast recently he was saying that the the thing about democracy is yes it's an experiment and democracy is there because we know one person can't do it right it it doesn't work it always goes wrong you have a totalitarian kind of mm -hmm. you know dictator sort of uh, running things so the thing with um and i've seen this in australia my whole life and i've seen the same thing in the us as well it it seems to be this swapping between you know liberal conservative liberal conservative so there'll be a certain amount of time and then everyone will just get jack of whoever's in and go no 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 forget this and throw them out yeah. and then the other ones come in and rah, rah. um and and uh brian cox's perspective on that is is that you know that's a way of kind of having a middle ground mm -hmm. because we know we just can't get it right and one group will go too far the that way one group yep. will go too far so it's kind of like this but you're right we, we kind of need that diversity of thought to use a, a, a catchphrase that's been around for a while because it's and as much as i hate it i don't want to agree with someone else i don't want to change my mind on stuff i'm yeah. getting old dude i don't <laughs> want to do that so i i get the impulse that i i, I lean more towards the left definitely mm. um not so far that i would crucify someone on social media but i definitely lean towards the left and i look at you know people that are more on the right and i just think oh man i just i i disagree on so many levels mm. but if I start wiping out their thought or trying to make them the same as me and everything, then yeah, you're right. That's that. There's only one way that ends, and it's not good. And we're, I mean, we're seeing it in other parts of the world as well. So it's not, and always have. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we fixed. Have we fixed? Yeah. Uh, well, politics and money yeah. and stuff. I have think so. I, I think we've. I think we have. I think we solved all the problems. Uh, not to Wait. linger on it. I just because of uh, you know over the pandemic. There was a lot of weird stuff happening in Australia, and I'm hearing different things from Australians, like when they had those camps and stuff. Um, the way that I 
was looking at, and I'm not trying to talk about vaccines or anything like that. I'm just trying to help clarify what's going on over there. And and there, there was a big argument here that's being used that you can't take away our guns because we're going to end up like Australia during the pandemic. And, and so... We were great during the pandemic. We were awesome. Well, there was certain there was certain territories that were kind of more strict than others in, in, yeah. and and that kind of was like here in the United States. I live in Ohio and in, in the US. So uh, we were over it very early on. No one was wearing masks. Like they were like, you have to be vaccinated. Right. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And everybody's like, all of a sudden everyone's vaccinated. Everybody's vaccinated. <laughs> no one, every, no one was wearing masks. We were, I was at the gym in February of 2021 no mass, just living wow. my best life. I, I was in the in in the steam room in the sauna with other people with no mask on, living my best life. I, I made it, folks. I'm still here. I'm not I'm not dead yet. Uh, but but there was parts of Australia, and again, I'm kind of going back to this argument that's being used here, especially with all this gun violence that's happening here in the United States. Is that some people be like, well, you don't want to end up like Australia when they took away all their guns and then they end up putting you in camps. Now, and again, the way I understand it was that <laughs> what camps? Well, there was some, anyway, you, you keep going. There was some COVID camps or something, and 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 that, that's what made it here uh, in the media was that you guys had COVID camps, and that people were being <laughs> taken away from their home, and it dude, was like, <laughs> dude, so, okay, FEMA, so yeah, first douchebag, of all, FEMA. First of all, no, no one getting taken out of their home. Uh, to, this again, I lean more towards the left. So taking yeah, the guns away was was a great thing, and it's one. Of, so the the guy that was in charge when that happened was a a, a conservative uh, prime minister. I don't tend to lean that way, so mm -hmm. he wasn't my representative. But I applaud the the position that he took mm -hmm. immediately. Of all right, we have to do something. This is not on, or all the rest of it. We're also like we're a very different country. We weren't right. born out of revolution. Right. We ha we don't have guns as a big part of our culture. You know, farmers use them, all that sort of stuff. So it's not it, it's a lot easier for a country like Australia, I think, to say that's it, no more. We're we're out. And you'll see New Zealand did it recently as well with the issues they had over there. They did the same thing, and they just said, "Nah, we're 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 done." Um, there's still guns, but there's not, you know, no. it's not like, uh, but again, we weren't born out of revolution. We don't have the same history you guys have had. We don't have a gun industry, if I can put it that way. So there's no financial interest really in it for us. Right. right. Um, so there, it, it's a lot less blocking us from, from making that change. But yeah, the whole COVID thing, I, I'm in uh, Queensland. So we were one of the tightest to lock down and we basically just said, we don't want anyone from any of those other dirty states coming to us because you're going to... So what... But the reason why we did that was we effectively closed our borders for a while uh, and and because of that, we, we were relatively free to do what we needed to do. Mm. It was only once the borders started opening up. And But look, it's it's it was a confusing time. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. And f the, the way that Australia did it was almost like we've watched how the rest of the world is doing it now. Our approach is to do this. So mm. we had the, the benefit of being able to wait. for. So we didn't get hit that hard initially and we locked down tight and mm -hmm. hard. Um, yeah, but w once that was all done, though, it was basically, yeah, once you got the vaccines, then we're just opening everything up and then everyone started getting COVID. But, you know, like... So that's another... But even so, the numbers that we had, yeah. so much smaller. I mean, I remember seeing uh, pictures of, of the states you know, of these, you know, massive body bags and these big, you know, impromptu um, uh, hospitals that were set up and all yeah. that sort of stuff. 
And we were looking at that over here and thinking, my God, that, that is horrific. We didn't have anything like that. Our right, hospitals right. weren't overrun. Uh, same in the UK. We were looking at them and thinking, wow, that, that's horrible. We're also, I mean, we're an island and we're miles away. But anyway, camps, the, the, the camps is a really bad word because of historical connotations for, you know, effectively we had what everyone else in the world had, which is you, you come in and you're um, – uh, two weeks, I think it was for a long time. You have to be isolated for two weeks mm-hmm. in a hotel and then you, you know, whatever and all that sort of stuff. It was the same as everyone else sort of had. So the argument that, you know, A, that if you get rid of guns, you're going to be the same as us. You're a different country, dude. Right. Like it's so different over there to what it is here. Um, but also I don't think there's any connection between those two things. <laughs> and like yeah, definitely it wasn't that bad over here. <laughs> It, yeah so yeah now and now i think that we've i think we've solved it now i think we're we hit the we, we got to the bottom of it Sweet. uh so so i i do want to talk about are kangaroos real douchebag wants to know if kangaroos are real dude kangaroos are real and they are not even the weirdest thing on this uh on this continent they are absolutely real. there are kangaroos and there are wallabies which are little kind of similar uh versions of them marsupials um, are they marsupials? I heard I they're say. dicks. I heard that they're just, they're assholes over there. Those those kangaroos are just assholes. Yeah, look, anyone that's had a few drinks, if it's particularly if it's rum, they can get a bit feisty. Kangaroos tend to be a bit like that. The males, anyway, they 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 they, they like to box. You've probably seen stuff on the internet. Oh yeah, box, yeah. That's when they've had a few, man. You know, <laughs> we all get a bit. Some people go to sleep. Some people get surly. They get surly. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're definitely real. Koalas are real. Birds, um, birds are they possums. real? Birds are real. Yeah. I've seen them. Oh, look, there's one now. <laughs> Take my word for it. They're, they're real. We have birds. Um, there, there's a there's, a there's a conspiracy theory that birds aren't real. That they're government uh, drones to spy on us. That's oh, dude. <sighs> okay, first, so first of all, I hear something like that, and I think that's a great idea for a book. Yeah. S- secondly, I think. The people just the amount of resources it would take to do that, <laughs> and the fact that no one has found a dead bird lying there with its you know electronic insides fizzing or whatever, you know, just, and and also it's it's the why. The thing about conspiracy theories that I both love and hate is the conspiracy theories are designed to make you the center of the universe. They're, mm. they're designed to make you more important than what you are. The government is listening to me. They're tapping my phones. They're ca- taking away my guns. They're doing this. They're doing that. All of that is me, 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 me. Well, why, why would the government want to listen to me? I'm not saying anything interesting. You've just been listening to me for an hour and whatever. This is just words coming out. And I'm one in millions and millions and millions of people. So I find it really interesting that the whole conspiracy theory side of things, that it does, it has this way of making you more important than perhaps you are. We're not that important, really, you know? I mean, if you're, okay, if you're over in China and you're a businessman and you're selling stuff, (laughs) stuff and things, you're selling your stuff and things over there or whatever, um, and you're very high profile. You've got tons of money and all that sort of stuff. I would be worried you're, you're getting your phone tapped. If you're, you know, coming in and out of Russia or whatever, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're just your average Joe, the right. birds aren't. I mean, I've only ever had birds speak to me once. And yes, it was in a robotic voice. <laughs> yes, I did see a power cord coming out of its wazoo. But, you know, aside from that, it's very rare. Yeah. I don't think it's tenable. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm giving that one a thumbs down. The birds are, are just 
are yeah. just birds. Birds are just birds. <laughs> yeah. Well, birds are just birds. I, I would love to talk to you about your writing process. And I think this will be a good sort of... Uh, um, uh, a, Segway? Thank you. A great segue. Uh, y- your opi- Douchebag wants to know what your opinion is on uh, L. Ron Hubbard as an author. Uh, look, I'll be honest. I haven't read. Uh, I've only. I haven't read any of his stuff. I've. I've. I've thought about reading some of his stuff, but then I've just not really gotten into it. Um, so I don't really have a huge opinion. I, I saw the movie that. Um, uh, Travolta did uh, Battlefield Earth <laughs> something something something. Um, that was odd. That was odd. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I, I think he's of the ilk that was writing at that time. Mm. So that you know, it, the whole idea was. I think he's the most prolific writer, sci-fi yeah. writer, probably still. Um, it was that age when it's just like get an idea, spit it out, get mm. it in a short form book, and it's alien worlds and this sort of stuff. Um, I think it's very interesting for uh, what became Scientology that you can kind of see the way his brain works and all of that sort of stuff. And um, But, yeah, I don't really have an opinion. And I was never really interested. I don't think his books became big enough in my circles that mm. I was like, oh, I've got to read read some of his stuff. To Gotta get at least whatever. try. Gotta at least try. I'm definitely trying to drink, reading Dianetics and that was, I mean, it, it's interesting, but like it was, bleh. Uh, but like I, I've never even tried reading one of his novels. I've heard that they're just very, just sound like it was one draft and it was just like out the door it went. And like you're saying, it was yeah. like, you know, get it out. Just, just get these ideas out. Just, fucking go 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 and, and yeah i don't uh yeah so there you go yeah it's bullshit it's all bullshit but uh but, oh morgan he 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 oh good oh, okay good. sorry morgan the q morgan the q uh morgan so the q. so M- moving dutchman had a question for you uh a little while ago and you kind of answered it but i think it'll be a, another uh, again another great segue to sort of get into your processes how do you how do you make sure your stories are original. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so question f- uh, of a more or less non-creator. So, uh, so how do you how do you make sure that your stuff stays original? And uh, w- yeah, that's a great way to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, for me, it's um, it, I'm not interested in in writing something that's been written or been done or that I've already read or seen on TV or anything like that. I'm, I'm, the idea is fine. If, if there's an idea that I like, I'm happy to write something in a similar sort of vein, but I don't want to read. So basically I write what I would like to read um, or what I would like to see on TV or film. So that I'm always at a point where I'm, something's going to happen to a main character and Hollywood training has taught me it would be this way, you know, he would shoot. So for example, classic example, he would shoot the guy in the head. Well, he always shoots the guy in the head, shoot the guy, you know, in the foot or the gut or the shoulder or something or wing him or, or, you know, something a bit different that, so there's little things like that where at every opportunity, not every time, but you'll look for things to do something a bit different and that hasn't been done before. Um, The other thing I like is I like, twisting things uh, on their head so um the enmity comic um and novel that's essentially 
the devil or Lucifer uh, quits his job, gets jack of it, just sick and tired of doing what he's doing. So he says, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I quit. He quits. He goes on a bender. He drinks. He carouses. He does all that sort of stuff, sleeps with a bunch of women, all that sort of stuff. And then the story starts off 16 years later when this uh, girl, 16-year-old girl, is walking around not knowing that she's the daughter of the devil in this sort of apocalyptic wasteland. Um, Now, you know, Lucifer's a well-known character and with the, you know, TV series and a few other things around, yeah, people are used to sort of seeing that. It's a a religious icon or or idea that's very well sort of founded. So I love the idea of grabbing something like that and just twisting it a little bit because you've still got this whole world to work within that's already established, but you just change things slightly, which is another way because, honestly, it's very, very hard to come up with a truly original idea that people are still going to be interested in. If things are too original, it's just going to go too far and no one will buy it and then just not interested. So it has to kind of be familiar but different enough that it's interesting and that and the, and the the final thing in answer, in a very long answer to this very simple question, um, the final thing I like doing in all writing is I I want to lead you down a path that you don't know what what's going to happen and that you think you know what's going to happen and it doesn't happen. I want to kill off a character at a point that you're thinking, but how how could you do that and what does that mean? I want a character to be permanently disfigured and not like the Superman thing, like, oh, he got shot and now he's fine. Oh, he something fell on him and now he's fine. No, I don't want him to be fine. I, I want to do something to that character that changes them forever and that they have to live with the consequences and all the rest of it. So things like that are really enjoyable and a way to keep the writing fresh because people are expecting things to go a certain way and when they don't and they sort of, you know, zig and zag, that's fun as a writer, but it's really fun as a reader as well to just not know. One of the worst things that I could ever hear from someone reading my books is, oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I thought would happen. That would be horrible. <laughs> what? Called you, it. You knew all the way along? Yeah, yeah, called it. Yeah. I mean, page one, you, you pretty much said what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. I love when readers tell me I had no idea and I was just – I had to keep reading to find out because it was just, you know. Yeah. That's that journey. I want the characters to go on that journey, but I want the reader to go on that journey with the character as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, uh, um, do you like M. Night Shyamalan? Uh, I'm not trying to compare that, but you know, he's known for his twist. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of M. Night Shyamalan? I am. I, I don't love all his movies. The, um, the Happening was one for me that I just, it just didn't grab me, but I love the village signs. Mm. The village is actually probably my favorite. Mm. Um, um, just because it had that, at the start anyway, had that sort of fantasy element and there are yeah cinematically i think he does some really really cool things as well like the the bit in the village where the guy gets stabbed and there's you know brooding music and all this music going on and then the music just stops and then you just hear the sickening sound of the thing happening that's a very hitchcock thing i think to do but that that was really cool but i love that whole idea yeah and i love the twist um and that everyone that comes to his stuff knows there's going to be something here that i'm not expecting Mm. and that's going to change and I like that moment at the end where you change something and it, you then go back over everything you've just seen and think, well, that casts everything in a completely different light. Right. Um, but, yeah, I also don't have the patience for his style. I couldn't write a book like his movies because, again, they're still too slow for me. They're still mm. – I would need 
I would need to hint at something early to really draw people in um, or, and get myself interested. But yeah, I do love his stuff. Yeah. Uh, with the, so with your writing, uh, I mean, how much of now, like sort of going on with like how you schedule your time and stuff, because you do do so many different things. I mean, you're making books, you're making music. I mean, you make soundtracks to your books, which which could you kind of go into why that you started uh, doing that? What was the purpose of sort of making soundtracks to your books? Uh, well, the first reason was a practical one. It's something I can do fairly quickly and easily i've been i've always been fairly quick at being able to compose music and put stuff together um so i can do it quickly and easily and at no cost uh which means if i'm running a kickstarter campaign for a project it's something additional that i can give backers that it gives a bit more mm. value to the whole thing oh that's cool that doesn't cost me anything so it's a it's a, it's a value thing for for them uh it's fun as well and um it's kind of unique to someone that can do what we do. Um, mm. So, for example, the last Kickstarter that I that I ran for Shadow's Daughter, um, I gave away theme songs. So I basically said to the backers, all right, I'm going to do a raffle and two of you will get your own unique theme song that I will build for you. It's only for you. No one else will ever hear it. I won't be selling it or anything. Um, you can use it for whatever you want. And it was great. I ended up doing four of them in the end because it was it was quite popular. Um, but one of them had a was a creator, and he had another project, so I did did a thing for him. Oh, cool! Uh, um, another one uh, does like uh, she does like motivational speaking, and she said, "This is amazing. I'm going to play this as my intro music when I come on the stage and all that." So I thought, "Well, that's that's great." So it's things like that that you can offer. It's about value and giving people something that other people wouldn't be able to give you. Mm. I did try, uh, I wrote a book called um, Rust Chronicles, which is about this whole universe that um, Whiplash and uh, the Script Rebellion are kind of part of. So one's a graphic novel, one's a novel novel. And there are a bunch of other comics and novels and everything associated with that world. Um, I wrote a book of short stories called Rust Chronicles, which has like 17 short stories some of them are from the current our world or what we call the waking world so the normal world and some of them are from this dream world where this fictional city called rust exists so the whole idea is basically that there's this world of rust uh, or the dream world and everything is in flux um, there are representations of new york and seattle and all these cities within that world but they kind of ebb and flow they're like shadowy representations of the real thing and dreamers sometimes dream themselves into this world. But there's one city at the centre of this whole place called Rust, um, mainly because of the the size of the, sorry, not the size, the the colour of the the um, walls that are around the city, um, the rusted kind of metal and all that sort of mm. stuff. So um, that that's the, the kind of setting. And so some of the stories take place in that dream city. Some of the, the stories take place in the real world. And I wrote an individual song for each short story. And the idea was you read the short story, you listen to the music, and it gets you in the mood for the story and all that sort of stuff. I did this like uh, seven years ago or something like that. I just didn't know how to promote it or how to do anything. So it didn't really go anywhere, <laughs> but I thought the idea was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it just kind of no one knew about it it is out you can actually get the book and the album is is on my other site but yeah I, I like the idea of blending those two um there are also there's comic artists or comic creators on uh, indiegogo that i've seen that are um they do things like um uh 
release a, an LP or an album, um, as well as the, like you were saying before, those other guys, yeah, as well as the comic, they'll have an album and then they'll have T-shirt art and they'll do a whole thing because mm-hmm. they're kind of a band and they do the whole lot. Yeah. I like that idea as well. Um, yeah, but that's essentially why. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. And and, um, and and good morning. Good morning, Zoggy. Uh, Ziggy says morning from Korea. Um, Ziggy had a question um, popping in here. Is there something you add to your writing that can be seen throughout all your works that um, that say, hey, this is a Morgan story? Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, so the one is that it, I, I tend to write first person present, even for fantasy. Mm. Um, so it's very quick, sharp. Um, kind of narrating from the perspective of the, the the person that's you know in the action, so it tends to be very action oriented and and, and focused on the person. Um, I do like a turn of phrase as well, so I do like a bit of a flourish to the end of a sentence or a little bit more elaborate language here and there. So I do tend to use that um, throughout everything I do. I can't help it. And then there are several ideas that always work their way into my work one is anything to do with the moon anything to do with an alternate world um shadows having a life of their own or something to do with the shadow um and i love steampunk kind of stuff so some of that Mm. machinery stuff you know so the rust universe or that the script rebellion has a kind of horror element to it but it's horror slash steampunk you know people being dissected and put back together as part machine part human that whole whole thing yeah but with a steampunk bent so th- they tend to be the elements to just pop up no matter what i do whether i mean it or not it just it ends up going that way yeah um so like do you do you uh are, are your novels can they be sort of um in the same world or or do they tend to be very different are there like through lines that can be sort of seen throughout the whole your different series you know i don't know like i'm i'm you know, like the Marvel universe such, but like, you know, not as hokey. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you tend to do that or, or do you like to just start brand new from a, a whole new idea and, and, and expand from there each time? Um, yeah. So they, they tend to be standalone ideas, but I have a terrible habit of using the same name in different projects. So readers immediately jump to that and think, What's the connection? When is that going to cross over with this and that and this and that? And most of the time there's no crossover, but because I'm so unoriginal with names or I fixate on a name and just stick with it for too long, um, there's all these connections and stuff. Some, some of them, so anything to do with the Rust universe is all connected, but mm. that's a whole series of stuff that's connected. Uh, Shadow's Daughter is separate to that, but you can kind of see there's links and similarities. Um, the Seven Hungers, which is my latest horror book, is completely different to any of that stuff. But it's one of those things that, you know, in the future, could I mishmash them together? Absolutely. It would be easy enough to do alternate world style. Hmm. Um, but it's not intentional. It's more, uh, you know, the way my brain works and the kind of ideas that I gravitate towards tend to be fairly similar. Um, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Do you now, sorry, going back to that idea that you do so much, 
you know, you're composing music to, to accompany your books and um, uh, do you, first of all, do you, do you, uh, is this all you do? You just do art or do you have a day job? Like what, or do you just do music? Do you, in art and what, what what's that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. I have a day job, uh, which pays the bills and then the money that I make from music funds the writing and graphic novels and all of that sort of stuff. So, wow. Um, which means mm. that I can afford to work with artists and get projects going mm. without having to fundraise for them first, mm. um, which means that they're going to exist whether someone backs them or not, um, right. uh, which is a good a good spot to be in. But, yeah, that's that's where the music goes. Uh, so, but the day job keeps me in a house and, uh, yeah. you know, everything else uh, the way it is. So, yeah, a day job that I'm going to start in, a, in an hour or so. Oh, okay. So we should probably get wrapping up here shortly, but um, I, I, I am interested. So like what, 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 what form of music or what uh, medium of music do you, uh, do you mostly pursue? Do you make the most money off of? Is it like live gigging or is selling your music? Like what, 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 where do you get your income off your music? Most of the in income is actually loop loop labels. So mm. I, I run three or four loop labels and have done that for a long, long time. Oh, wow. um, I've always found, uh, I, I did hip hop stuff for a while, um, you know, beats and all that sort of stuff. And I've always found you make a lot more from producers than you do from artists. Mm. Um, producers are the ones that want to invest money and stuff. And it's, just, it's always been the same for me. So it's probably a combination of the loops um, and, you know, session musician stuff hmm. and um, uh, film and TV. When it does eventually come in, that kind of tops up. Uh, but they tend to be the, the areas that consistently make, make the most money. And, again, we're not talking I can retire early sort of money, but within a very difficult industry where I, I honestly don't do any live gigs, I don't have a band, I don't hmm. do any of that stuff anymore, um, you're able to derive a constant income that you can use to promote the comic graphic novel empire. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's yeah. rad. I, I love that. I, I've kind of taken a backseat to, um, to, uh, to, to live gigging as well and just sort of do writing and producing and stuff myself. Um, I love the gigging thing, but it's just, man, the older I get, the more I just want to sit up at my house and just like chill yeah. and not like be around drunkards and, you know, and, and, and fucking, yeah. you know, these, these wild kids that are out here now. Uh, <laughs> um, so what, what would you say your instrument is then? Like, what's your strongest instrument? Guitar. Guitar. Definitely guitar. Yeah, that's where it all started. That's that's what I I go to most often. So yeah. what what is guitar it? and um, uh, originally classical um, Spanish sort of guitar was where I started, oh. and then moved to electric and all that sort of stuff. So there. are you yeah. are are you trained? Did you go to school for this? Or like what? How how deep are you into to all that? Uh, I I I trained when I was younger. Didn't really learn anything, and then <laughs> dropped it, and then picked it up when I was a teenager, and that's mm -hmm. when I really figured out what I was doing. So most of it is self-taught um, after an initial foundation where I didn't really do much. Um, mm. And I would describe myself, I'm not a, an amazing musician. I'm a very, very good c compiler, composer, editor, mm. producer, that sort of stuff. I'm very yeah. good at that. But it's not like I'm a, you know, my guitar skills are 
astounding. I've just yeah. got good feel. Uh, I can do a fair range of what I need to do, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I feel that. That that seems to be the case for a lot of multi multi instrumentalists. Is like it it, it did not really gr- like the greatest virtuoso at any one instrument, but can sort of have a have a better ear for production and composing more than sitting there and like ripping you know solos and you know balls deep in theory and such um ziggy want to know uh what do you do to get past writer's block good question two things uh one i write I write garbage. I don't even think. I just write and write and write any old garbage. I skip sections of a book and just move on to other bits and just mm. put come back later there and whatever in the in the in the document. Because the easiest way to get around writer's block is usually not. I don't know what words to write. It's usually I've spent the first half of a book creating problems for my protagonist, and now I can't. I I can't figure out what comes next. I don't know how to undo those problems, or I don't know what the. So it's usually an idea block rather than a not being able to write. So I just keep writing. The other thing I do is I watch film, TV, classic sci-fi, anything in the same genre as what I'm working through, just to get in the right vibe and try and get some ideas. There might be some little thing that's referenced in a film that I look at and go, oh, that, that gets me out of this problem or I could write something in that from that perspective or whatever. So those two things, I just flood myself with stuff and just write, just push through and write any old trash because you come back and edit it later yeah. anyway. As long as you're writing, it tends to get the, get the works loosened uh, yeah. in there. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, the idea of like you just you just sort of write and um, there's this there's this dude named Stephen Pressfield. He has a book um, that's what is it the the art of war of art the war of art where he talks about you know where it, it, like the idea of writer's block isn't really it's not real it's not real. Uh, it is real for some people, but it's not real if you're doing your job, if you're treating this like a job, if you're doing it every day, if you're, you know, if, if this is a part of your life and you want to take it seriously, you're doing it all the time. It's like you you just, there's all kinds of things you can do. I've heard from different writers too. It's like, there's always prompts. I've heard a lot yeah. of writers be like, fuck writer's block, that shit ain't real. It's like, if you want to get past writers or, or, or it's really just the idea of, of uh, like you're saying, is like, how do I get my protagonist through these issues? And, I, you know, how do I, how do I solve this puzzle? It, 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 there's always something to do. I'm the same way in editing as well. Like if I, mm-hmm. if I'm drying up in a certain section of a song or something, if I, mixing or uh, mixing or not mixing or producing something i'll just go to the bridge or something i'll be like okay i know what i want to do for the bridge i'll go to wherever the energy is and i'll I'll just yeah. go there because like you know like writing you're on a doll and you can just sort of go move stuff around and and do different things and you can just you know control control the control what is it control z whatever go back delete whatever you can just delete shit it's fine you you know just just you just sort of go to wherever the energy flows and so i i i I always appreciate people who are not just sitting there just i just don't know man and it's like well you need to do something else then it's like step away go for a fucking walk he's like 
because yeah. you just got to keep it moving. Do you, are you, do you tend to write every day? Are you one of those folks or do you just sort of, when it, you do write every, every day? Every day. And if I don't, so I haven't written yet today and I'm already feeling uh, antsy because <laughs> yeah. I haven't written. So I'll find some time later on today or tonight. Is this to your writing so, even time? Even if it's a small bit. Oh, oh no, my writing time was uh, two hours ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, yeah. when you wake up at I, I do have. I do have one pro so I don't have writer's block. I do mm. have one problem which has actually come out right now. I desperately need a pee. If you can give me twenty <laughs> seconds, I'll 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 I'm, be back in a tick. I'm counting. Uh, I'm we're gonna right, set a I'll timer. We're set a timer. Okay, go. Uh set a timer or no. Start the stopwatch. Hold on, we're, we're starting it. Here we go. Stopwatch is going. We're going to see. I, I don't have to go to the bathroom. I got, I got my bladder like a, like, a, like a man, like a man, like a cisgendered man who gets back first. Now, I take long peas. I take long peas. Uh, I do owe Pizza Man a, uh, a thing, but I don't think... I don't think we'll have time to get through it. So if Pizza Man's still here at the end of this conversation, which we will be letting him go here soon because he has to get ready and go to work. So um, it, it's uh, what time is it for him over there? I think it's like almost eight o'clock or something over there for him. So listen, he said 20 seconds. He's on 45 seconds right now. He's fucking lying to us, guys. He's fucking lying to us. How dare he? There he is, Pizza Man's here. Yeah, Pizza Man, if you're if, if you could if, if you can stick around for a little bit longer, I'll deliver that. And I told you I'm good on my word, sir. And I still have to send you a woo sticker. And I still owe Morgana a woo sticker. That uh, there he is, liar. You lied oh, to us. No. I enjoyed it too much. Sorry. <laughs> it's a minute eight seconds. Uh, do you have an apology for my chat and my listeners for your lies? I'm Terribly sorry. It was. Uh, I regret what I said. I don't regret what I did because <laughs> it was necessary. Time necessary. works different in the upside down. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. My bladder fills upwards, not downwards. <laughs> I could feel it in the back of my throat. It was horrible. I had to go. You could taste it, folks. You could taste it. Um, so, so with your writing, you tend to write every day, and and you're, yep. is it mostly on stuff you're working on, or is it just whatever it is? Is it like, and, and do you do you you said you do write like scripts and stuff too, right? You you do write movie scripts or or TV scripts, like, so yeah. Do you tend to work on one project at a time, or do you um do do you work in different projects what however however the spirit moves you if you will yeah i tended to go with three three writing projects at the one time one one is a main like a novel that i'm writing at the moment but then i'm editing the previous version of that novel uh and writing a script for a film up upcoming uh horror sort of film um, so they're the three kind of writing projects. Then I'll have two or three editing projects, like a comic series that I'm just editing at the moment, um, uh, and, and another book that I'm I need to edit. Um, so I'll have I'll have four or five sitting there, and I'll have one primary that I'm pushing to, and I mm. might swap from one to the other depending on deadlines and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, every day, 
even if it's just a, if something, if I can write, I mean, if I can write for two hours, that's amazing. But mm. usually it turns out to be about 45 minutes to an hour, which all adds up, you know. Um, <laughs> Mighty Mighty, thank you so much for gift subbing. Larry52, that gift sub. Thank you so much. Uh, so, so you do editing for other writers as well. Like that's part of your your hustle there, or, or are you just um, you're just only working on your stuff. Uh, no, I do. I, I write for others, but I'm I'm pretty selective because writing is one of those things that I love, and I love doing it. But I couldn't do it for a living if that meant I was just writing other people's stuff. Because yeah. it would be like taking the thing I love most and just you know, sullying it for want yeah. of a better term because I, then it just is a job and it's just a day job. And it, whereas everything I do now, it, it can be hard work. It can be a, a real push to get things done, but I enjoy all of it because it's ultimately building this thing that I've created um, so I can invest in it. Whereas doing stuff for other people, I do, I write, um, you know, comic scripts. Um, I mean, the, the the film script that I'm doing at the moment is for a friend who's a director and, um, uh, but it's just, it's also if the experience is good and it's going to be fun and I'm going to enjoy it, that's when I'm more likely to, to pick it up and, and run with it. Yeah, the, for sure. For sure. It's like, man, during the pandemic, I, I had so many offers to do like um, just just studio work, you know, remote studio work. And I, all I could concentrate on was the fucking podcast, man. Like I only cared yeah. about the podcast, like, and for whatever the reason was all my energy and which really paid off because the podcast like tripled in numbers during that time. So, and, and still growing and stuff. And I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, but, but that, but to see that real word, real world action of like me putting all my energy and effort into one thing and seeing the results of it was just, it was amazing to me. So, like, everything else became, like, a hassle. Like, I took on one project, and I was like, oh, God, I got to do that. And it just was, yeah. it was it was horrifying. Like, and I love music. I love music. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a part of me. It's part of my identity. But it, at that moment, I was just like, I, I just dropped all my musical projects. Didn't give a shit. Like, I'm over that. I'm not doing that anymore. Just just dropped out of all of it and then just completely focused on the podcast and then into the Twitch stream. And 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 like I, I love that. I love that it worked out. And 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 it, it did feel like a job when I was taking on these other projects that weren't necessarily my own. Because I love making music for the stream, right? Like I love because like I'll make stupid silly songs for the stream or real songs or serious songs and stuff, but it all goes towards some. It's going towards the bigger vision of what I'm that's building. Right. And that's what's cool about sort of the Twitch world is that you can sort of world build here. You know what I mean? You can have silly yeah. things pop up and, you know, like like this. It's like, oh, Jesus, I didn't do it right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. I loved it. It was awesome. There you go. The nature boy. There you go. That's it. But <clears throat> stupid stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoy doing stuff like that for the stream and stuff. But but yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm going to let you go because I know you have to get ready and go to work and you probably have a drive. Do you do you work somewhere or do you, do you work from home? Uh, I'll work from home today. But yeah, occasionally I'll go into the office as well. But mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be right here. I'll be working today. Oh, OK, cool. And And yeah. do you mind saying what you do? Uh, I, 
<laughs> it's very different to what I do creatively. I work in a bank. Oh, sweet. Um, but I work. I, it's sort of a training. I run a training team within a, within a bank. So yeah, so it's you- great. It's it's good. It, it's good as well because it doesn't suck any creative energy mm-hmm. out of me, which means I've got all that energy to throw into the books and the mm. writing and music and all that stuff as well. Yeah, so, I love it. And it pays it. the bills. And it is, pays the bills. I really like it paying the bills, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. I have a day job too. I, after, a, after, after like six years, I had to get a day job um, and uh, just because I was doing music and working for me and my wife worked for ourselves. And, uh, you know, I got this job, which is right across the street from my apartment complex, which is really awesome. Sweet. But it's like one of those jobs that, like, I don't mind going to. Like, it's it's cool. I cook for old people. I like to cook. And, and like, and the best part about it is that it, uh, that it, um, that uh, that it works as fodder also for for the show, too, because I can come home and be like, Oh man, the 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 twenty four year old with no teeth was doing this today, and it turns into like a twenty minute story where we get to like chat and have a good time and laugh and stuff. So it's like a very it it, 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 it if I had to have a day job, this would be the day job. You know what I mean? Like I, I like yeah. this. Yes, yeah, and and yeah. so it's like it's fine, it, and it adds to everything. Um, <clears throat> I do want to go over to your website for a little bit and just show people what's going on. Make sure you guys are going and following uh, Morgan. He he he's, he's doing big things, y'all. He's he's doing. I mean, look at this, man. You fucking you work, man. You you are a grinder. Like yeah, it's dude. crazy. It's crazy how much uh, how much you got going on here. It's. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at this. You can go to his website. You can go check out his books. Now, do you does your books usually come out in just one big book, or do you have them go in like several little books? I, I imagine the several little books are very expensive, but uh, I don't know how do you usually release them. Yeah, usually little, usually digital first, then mm-hmm. individual issues or little books, uh, and then a, a omnibus kind of combined version mm-hmm. later on. Um, uh, and the novels are just novels, and then um, you know you can get groups of novels uh, down the track. But we're still, I've written a lot, but there's still a lot of novels that are getting edited and coming through the pipeline. So this year there'll be another through two or three novels, and then next year there'll be I think three or four coming out. So God damn. and comics, man, there's going to be another seven comics this year, and uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot coming. So it's a lot of work behind the scenes, and now they're starting to come out and get. Um, get released and do you do you find yourself um do you do you do you mark out i mean you said you mark out time for writing every day but like do you have a um do do you have like a set amount of time every day where you're like working on admin too or do you work on like do you have different days where you work on a certain thing and then you then uh you know and then, like Mondays, I do the you know, I do the phone calls and or the emailing. And then Tuesdays, I do you know, I, I look for artists. Like, is there like a certain set schedule that you have for what you have to accomplish, or is it just like a free for all? It's it's usually it's usually every day I'll do a bit of everything depending mm. on what comes through the inbox. Um, and then there'll be certain projects coming in, you know, and then there's promo offers and all sorts of stuff. So I just schedule those out on different days. Um, 
but yeah, usually every day has a little bit of everything. And then when the music, uh, when I have to put together loop packs and things like that, that's a bit of work. So mm. usually on the weekends, I'll, I'll devote a chunk of time to doing that sort of stuff. Um, Damn, yeah. man. You just, you just, and so when do you, when do you talk to your family? <laughs> when does your family see you? In, in between doing all that <laughs> stuff. It's, it's amazing how much an hour or two a day can build up to if yeah. you, if you do it right, you know what I mean? It's, Absolutely. It, it, it all adds up. Um, and I've been doing it for a while now. So it's, you know, I've been able to put together a fair bit of stuff. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's awesome, man. Like, it, it's very, it's very inspiring. Honestly, it's very inspiring to see somebody who takes on so much and is able to do it without, you know, without, you, you know, like your wife being like, no, you know what, I'm done with this. Like, you need to pick this or that, which I don't know. I don't. Are you married? I'm sorry. I didn't. I just assumed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Matt, you have married, a kid. married one one uh, wonderful boy yeah. as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a kind of equilibrium thing. So the the deal is, I have to pull my weight around the house. I have to, you know, be engaged with that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the money towards this comes from my own creative stuff, rather than sort of plundering our own <laughs> uh, money. And then and then that's that kind of works out well. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Until Netflix gives me that call, and then it'll be, <laughs> all right, let's ride the gravy train all the way right. to Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's that's a different situation, then, right? It's like, listen, yeah. baby, do you wanna do you do you want me fucking just over here doing this for the rest of our life, or do you want do you want the big bucks, baby? Let's <laughs> go. Let's go to L.A. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Quaid, I appreciate you coming on the show. Again, everybody, I dropped his his links in the chat. And if you're listening on the audio side, make sure you go into the show notes and click on all those links and follow your boy Morgan because he's out there hustling for you. And and if you're if you're a graphic novel fan, I don't know if that's how you say that. Uh go I'm such a whatever man make it up go for it yeah <laughs> it all works baby if you're a fan of that if you're a fan of music if you're looking for beats if you're looking for music for your your next commercial he's got it baby go get it go get that shit yeah. all right guys uh morgan thanks again my friend i really appreciate it Thank you so much, Morgan. I appreciate you coming on the show and telling your truths. Uh, again, everybody, go follow Morgan on all his social medias. Go and check out his website. He has his comic books available there. You can order them uh, digitally, uh, and you can also get beats and stuff. So go to morganquaid.com, and uh, again, go 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 support your boy, Morgan. Uh, okay, guys, that's it out of me. I'm going to get on out of here. We will be back on Friday with music news. I'm debating on whether or not we'll do the Amber Heard verdict and um after party or if we'll do more recent music news from today honestly because we do uh, we're going to be doing a news stream today so if you guys want to pop in uh twitch.tv slash we speak english good we'll be doing a music news uh thing stream which we're doing more common and we've been releasing them here on the podcast feed which i appreciate y'all listening sorry i appreciate y'all listening to it so all right guys be good to your fellow human beings hj's for everybody take care of yourself 
باباي Yeah.